Welcome into the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. Coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow us on X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. The show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Don't call him Herb. It's not his name. He's our CHGO White Sox community Leader, we're coming to you live after a White Sox loss, seven to one. How you feeling? Good. I predicted seven to two, and I said Ooh. Judge and Stanton would hit home runs. It's seven to one, and Judge hit a home run, so I was close. There you go. Stephen was very happy about the Judge homer, and I came one double short from Andrew Vaughn from winning a bunch of money. But Ugh. Andrew Vaughn disappointed me. Ben Intendi hit his double. Luis Robert hit his home run. Andrew Vaughn owes me $100. You do hate to see it, and he does owe you $100, and we'll have Vinny. And then I'll pass it on to you because Ben intended to hit the home runs. Well, that's not surprising. Um, Again, he has not hit a homer in a White Sox uniform at guaranteed right field. Uh, One of the most friendly left-handed hitter parks in all of baseball. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, As Fred says, the slide to 100 losses continues. Uh, The White Sox fall to... Uh, I started saying the record and I didn't have it in front of me and now I'm tap dancing because now I know that they're 46 and 69. Nice. Oof. That's not nice. That is not nice. You know, That's Sean, really you and I joked before the show about the Sox having a comeback and winning. I actually did that on the graphics. I'm, yeah, it said Sox win 7-1 on there. The one that you just had? Yeah. Flash it. Oh. Come on. Oh. Let's embarrass you. Oh, hey, oh. it's a winner. Four straight. We're, we're going to fix it. Let's go. All right, Steven's going to fix it. I bet you somebody's like, just watched the first like minute of the show. He's like, oh, Sox won. I'm, I'm good. I I do agree with Fred in the comments here. He said, if Vinny's not wearing those one of those Yacht Rock hats, we're rioting. Well, Vinny doesn't like Yacht Rock. That's the thing. The hat is pimp. The hat's I sick. think he would love the hat. With hate the, the music. I think Vinny needs to ride. Ride like the wind. Oh, jeez. Is yeah. this is this the whole bit? I'm about to do it is all night long. Is that number one? I'm about to find all of them. Uh, Steven, if you if you notice any yacht rock I'm things, not going to notice any of those. Please hit the ding. Well, I just pointed one out, so it, I'll help you out there. Uh, give him a little ding because he got a, a one yacht rock reference. I don't know uh, if we have the ding in here. Uh, well, I'm a Mario the, coin. There you go. Hey. Like that? Uh, that's, the uh, that the Guardians me, just scored a run. Right. That reminds me of the Guardians. Uh, <laughs> do we have anything else? Like, I kind of uh, hate that one, actually. Uh... Guardians won one nothing. by the way. They scored a run. Oh, we do have the triangle. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Boom. Good. All right. So, uh, her one Yacht Rock reference. Congratulations. Um, have you had any other? I mean, I've been thinking of one, but I'm not going to be forcing them onto the show like I did with that one. So, if it comes natural, I'll bring it on. All right. Sounds good, Herb. Bring it uh, on is not one. It's, you, a, it's a movie. Do you have a favorite Yacht Rocker? Of course. Michael McDonald. I mean, Doobie Brothers... He was singing backgrounds for both Steely Dan and for Christopher Cross and for Kenny Loggins. Like, who who is more Yacht Rock than my man, Michael McDonald? Yeah, I think so. Like they, I listened, I looked up uh, Yacht Rock albums uh, or Yacht Rock playlist, and yeah. they have Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. That's not Yacht Rock. I mean, the rumors was in the time of Yacht Rock. Uh-huh. Uh, Steely Dan. Is not uh-huh. Yacht Rock. Yeah. That's jazz. Yeah. I mean. That's jazz rock. If you think about Peg and. Um, reeling in the ears. They yeah. Reeling, reeling in the ears in here. A19 is Yacht Rockage. All right. Well, then Also, be- Mike McDonald sang on that one. They- and yes, Vinnie Duber does like the Doobie Brothers, 
But when I bring up the Doobie Brothers weren't anything until my man Michael McDonald joined the band, he disagrees. You know, Blackwater and such like that. You know, boo. The the genres for Steely Dan: jazz rock, soft rock, pop rock, jazz fusion. Okay. No yacht rock. Those songs are yacht rock. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. It's not um, bad to be a yacht rock. And that was the whole thing about the video series that you showed me. Yacht rock was oh. that the the Hall and Oates is not a yacht rock band. No. So they're a blue eyed soul band. Okay. But Brandy, you're a fine girl, isn't that Hall and Oates? Who is that? Okay. Um, Christopher Cross. All right. Well, I don't know. That's uh, Fred saying that. That's for Looking Glass. I don't know who Looking Glass is. Okay. Um, it sounds familiar, though. Uh, Victor Von Doom asking if Ario Speedwagon's Yacht Rock. I'd say they're more stadium rock. Yeah. Um, but shout out to Ario Speedwagon because uh, their lead singer, Kevin Cronin's for Brother Ice. Okay. So is Michael Massey. He had his 10th homer, and he's, lead, he's batting third for the Royals. Anyways, this isn't a Royals podcast. Do we want to talk about this game? Not really. I mean, what we, was there to talk about? Tuki Toussaint was all right. Yeah. Until we'll, he wasn't. We'll, we'll set that up. How about how about that? Yeah. What we're going to talk about, Tuki Toussaint being all right, two straight 9K games. So watch, your, watch yourself. <laughs> watch yourself there. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the big thing that happened. The White Sox scored one run. And who else would score it? Luis Robert. He had his 31st homer of the night. So we'll be talking about Luis Robert's fantastic 2023 and maybe putting it perspective of all time. You know, this is a very old franchise, uh, 122 seasons of glorious, historic Chicago White Sox baseball. Some of those words are doing a lot of, I mean. A lot of heavy lifting. Maybe they're just inaccurate. Yes. Um, but we'll see where Luis Robert uh, ranks among the pantheon of great White Sox uh, seasons. And we'll also chat with Vinny Duber about maybe, uh, you know, Mike Massey, who's hitting third for the Royals. Uh, maybe he'll be hitting third for a long time if Sal Perez is a White Sox. Uh, there's rumors out there, folks, and uh, we'll we'll examine them with Vinny Duber uh, because hey, we're talking about culture. Got to get that culture right with a with a catcher that you know isn't slapping people in the tub. Uh, and Sal Perez, you know, not going to do that. The Royals way. He's a champion through and through. We'll talk about it. Let's get to Tuki Tucson though. Uh, it was a Tuki Tuesday. Um, love that. Kind of also sounds like two for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out ninety seven one draft. Uh, but Tuki Tucson five innings pitch, four and runs, six hits. Five walks, nine Ks. Shout out Tukey, nine Ks. Hey, you know, I mean, it's not like the White Sox were going to score four runs themselves. No. He could have gave up two runs and they would have lost. I mean, he started off the first two innings with five strikeouts, looking strong, and then he ran into troubles, I think, in the third or fourth inning where they scored most of the runs off of him right there. But for the most part, a five-inning thing for a guy that wasn't supposed to be on this team, it picked up midseason from the Cleveland Guardians. He's been pretty good this year as far as that realm, like being a guy off the scrap heap. The one thing I don't want to happen, though, is that he gets called back next year, and they're depending on him to be one of the rotation pieces. That would be so White Sox. But, but why is that a bad thing? Because he's not. he was picked off the scrap heap. So? If he's picked up the scrap heap, that means that he wasn't good enough to make it to the Cleveland Guardians. That means that we're in a championship contention window, which Rick is trying to continue until 2024. We have to, depending on Michael Kopech, who we already got question marks on, Jesse Schultons, who we already have question marks on, and Tuki Toussaint, who we have a big question mark on, with our leader being Dylan Cease, who... It's not question marks, but he's had a worse year than he had last year. And then a not a, not a fifth starter. And if they bring back Clevenger, another question mark. 
So I want some more exclamation points if we're going to do that. Some people like, okay, there we go. We got at least three guys that we could depend on in our starting rotation. And then if you take a roll of dice of Tukey and or Jesse, then I'm fine. Three solid starters where you can depend on them, not have to worry about them. I'm in. But now it's four question marks and Dylan Cease. Mark Burley was on the scrap heap, my friend, 38th round. Yeah, uh, but they was... turned uh, that, that, that uh, coal into a diamond. Please um, bring him know, back. I, I feel like Tukey is interesting. Uh, he's a classic White Sox, former first rounder. Um, Steven Nicholas loves him, just like Brent Honeywell. Um, <laughs> let's flash the Sex. stuff and results here for Mr. Toussaint because it's interesting. Uh, mainly featured a curveball, 37 of those. The biggest thing. 106 pitches. Yeah. He's a guy that is an actual true starter, so I don't even mind if he's in Charlotte. Like, I mean, you know, if he's depth, if he's organizational depth, I, w- I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, uh, organizational, organizational depth is fine, but you know this team, that's, oh, you know, Tukey last year had a sub-4 ERA. Oh, Tukey's going to be this, that, and the other. And Tukey's a for, former first oh rounder. He's got a wonderful pedigree. I can hear it. I can hear that February press conference, Rick Hahn. Still, yes, February. Yes, yes Rick Hahn will still October. be here. Will still be here next year, telling us that Tuki Toussaint is one of the keys to the bullpen or to the starting rotation. I don't. I wouldn't hate it. Um, I would hate that Rick Hahn is telling us that. Yes, I would. Uh, that's a different and story. him too. Uh, Thirty-two fourteen fastballs for Tuki. Twenty-nine sinkers and eight splitters. And let's talk a little bit about that splitter because it was real damn effective today. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's go to the results here. Uh, Three swings on that splitter. Three whiffs. That's pretty good. Um, it's a 100% whiff rate right there. Uh, so he flashed it, and he was able to get some uh, swings and misses from the Yankees. Uh, you look at the uh, curveball for whiffs on 14 swings, 11 called strikes, 41 called strike plus whiff percentage uh, over uh, league average, uh, 34% called strike whiff percentage for his four-seamer, 31%. For his sinker, a total of a 36% called strike plus whiff percentage. Um, very good outing. I mean, again, he gave you four earned runs and, and five walks, so I'm not going to say it was a great outing, but, I mean, this is like an all right Johnny Cueto start from last year. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm i interested to see what he could do against someone that's not the Yankees. Um, like, what would the Guardians do against him? Like, I, I would like to see him against some AL Central folks. Um, but I agree with you. Like, if he, Jesse Schultons, and, you know, someone else are fighting for the fifth spot in 2024, all right, hey, yeah, maybe they'll compete. I'm just pretty numb to this team, and I don't think they're going to compete. I think all that's just a line of, you know, talk. All no. that is just, you know, lip service. I mean, the White Sox, I don't think, will be competitive in 2024 because of the pitching landscape. I mean, I, I do think that they'll end up having Tucson. And, uh, and, and Schultons, and hey, maybe even Johnny Cueto returns and he rounds out the rotation. I mean, it's these things seem like not true, and why would they do that? But it's so White Sox. 100% White Sox. And I think Tukey can have something because that splitter he's working on, splitter, forkball, whatever you want to call it, it's got movement. It's got late break where it just dives down to the bottom of the zone, and that's why you got the three swings and misses off of it. So if he can develop that a little bit more consistent pitch and throw it a little bit more as a strikeout pitch or a pitch to set up his uh, his curveball, I think he has something. But 
that will take some time. And if this these last month and a half is the time he needs to develop some pitches and pitch all the rest of the years, I'm fine with Tukey starting this year. But as far as next year moving forward, I just need some new blood where if you say you're competing, you can't go into the year with people of Tukey Toussaint's ilk. And Jason um, Benetti today said that Tukey Toussaint's name, his first name, Tukey, comes from his dad's last name, Toussaint's. The first three letters, and then K-I is mom's first two letters of her last name. So, Tukey. Boom. There you go. And I think he's got, like, uh, what, like a couple middle names, right? Oh. I think he's got, like, a, a pretty long name uh, from when I from when I, Yeah. Uh, Danny Gilbert Kitty Tukey Toussaint. Um, so, he's got four, four names. Or four, yeah, you know. If, if you're going to, we used to say uh, Alan Lorenz Pollock. Yes. You'd have to say... Danny Gilbert, Kitty, Tukey, Tucson, Tukey, Too much. Um, the splitter though has been a pitch that has been pretty mid throughout his career, but it's it's had some pretty good runs. Twenty eighteen had a run value of two. Uh, in twenty nineteen had a run value of three. Twenty twenty had a run value of two. Uh, in twenty twenty one had a run value of zero, and then in twenty twenty two had a run value of zero. Um, right now it's a negative one, but again, today it was really effective. So maybe they're able to figure that out. But I mean, that's one pitch that we really don't see a ton from White Sox pitchers is a, a split finger. So I don't really know if there's a, someone to help him kind of hone that pitch in. Um, you know, the changeup was really Lucas's pitch and he's kind of left since Kopech has been trying to work on one, but it really has been kind of unsuccessful. Same with Cease. Like, yeah. I, I really feel like that changeup really isn't. The White Sox bread and butter. No, theoretically, he can go to a former White Sox in Jose Contreras, who used to throw a forkball s- split finger, and have him develop it. Because f- Jose, it looked like he, like, you know, the little part in your hand? like The webbing. Yeah. The webbing. Like, he looked like he didn't have that or it was very flexible because he used to have a full ball in between his index finger and his middle finger and throwing that f- forkball slash splitter. Filthy in that year of 2000, end of 2005 into 2006, untouchable. The man was just great. So he's still, I think, somewhere on the White Sox payroll as an ambassador somewhere. So I think he can uh, help Tukey develop a better splitter slash forkball. Yeah, well, and uh, he was, uh, I mean, there was a report uh, from, I think, the Athletic that he was um, working with Norhe Vera uh, mm. down uh, in uh, Cuba, I think. Uh, but he is with the White Sox organization. I feel like there is a title for him. I'll try to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think he's some tor- type of ambassador for the White Sox. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hey, go knock on his office. Be like, hey, Jose Contreras, <laughs> you teach me how to use a splitter? I mean, I mean, I, th- I thought the whole thing was that he held, like, a 16-inch softball in between his fingers. Yeah, he do that in between starts to, to, to loosen that up. And so now, like a guy who didn't have success in New York and then came to Chicago, had wild success, led us to the World Series of victory, and then had a great 2016 to, or 2006 to start it off that season. Could help a guy like Tuku Toussaint, who has been a journeyman pitcher, hasn't found his way. And if he develops that, then you're talking. But also, I'll still be skeptical going into next year with him as a guy that we're going to depend on. So I just want this team to look forward to actually competing and say, okay, if we are competing to 2024, what does that look like? Do we have to get better pitchers? And do we have the available money to get these better pitchers? Because as far as free agency, it is tough. It is real rough, especially catcher 
And if you want a starting pitcher, you got to go to the top of the market. Yeah, which is really high at the top of the market. And we know the White Sox are not going to be fishing there. So going to that middle market really isn't the thing because you're not getting certainty there either. So you might as well go with Toussaint and Schulten. So now the White Sox are like, hey, See? Herb, you convinced me. Thank you. Toussaint and, Toussaint and Schultons for 2024. You're vice president and president. Coming around to it. I love to hear it. Uh, minor league operations. Uh, Assistant General Manager slash Player Development, uh, Chris Getz. Director of Minor League Administration, Kathy Petoskey. Uh, and Assistant Director and of Player Development, uh, Ken Williams Jr. Ugh. And uh, Special Assistant to Baseball Operations, Jose Contreras. Uh, I just like that Ken Williams Jr. is ranked above Jose Contreras. I, I think that's how it works. I, I think that is the uh, order of operations there. Well, that if Ken I Williams get, Jr. can fire Jose Contreras. If I get my chance, I'm going <laughs> to hire my son as the general manager. Stay out of White Sox business. Is that the one that dropped the punt or no? <sighs> at Arizona State? Oh, no. As an San NFL Francisco? player? Yeah, uh, so. No, it was the other one. Oh, okay. His other son. Um. Kyle Williams, I believe. So, uh, real quick before we get and take a break um, and talk about some of our sponsors here. Um, Ron is kind of uh, going off in the comments here. Uh, can you scroll up just a little bit? Um, he basically was you know, talking about what you were saying pregame. Uh, I'm okay with not seeing sheets anymore. Thank you. Uh, I'm okay with not seeing sheets anymore. I'm okay with not seeing Grandal anymore. I'm okay with not seeing Andrus anymore. I'm okay with a lot of these guys. Nah, just... Being gone. I mean, if if I didn't hear a press release that Sebi Zavala was on the IL and I just, they just never saw him again, oh, oh well, hope he's all right. Um, if I never saw Brian Shaw again, oh well, oops, oh, oops, guess that one slipped through the cracks. I mean, Clevenger, you're going to see him again. One, oops, oops, sorry. Maybe not a White Sox, but you'll see him picked Brian up by Shaw? somebody and he'll pitch every day for like the Royals or the Twins yeah. or the no. Tigers. He'll be on somebody's team, and the, or the Guardians will pick him up again for the 18th time. Brian Shaw will definitely be a Royal or a Guardian again. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right about that. That's a good call. But, I mean, you know, Dave's saying he's okay with Sheets as a first baseman or a DH, but um, no. He, he doesn't hit. Doesn't do anything. Just kind of just sucks. I mean, he's a 4A player, and I'm glad that the guy is getting full major league money He's accruing in years, and he eventually will be a MLB vet where he'll make some money somewhere else. But we know what he is. He's not a power hitter. He runs into one every once in a while. He's not really a good fielder. Today we saw a ball hit by, uh, I think, Harrison Bader with a runner on second. The runner was pretty much going to score, but if you're in right field, you got to throw a line shot there so your guy can cut off the throw. He threw a lollipop throw to home and of course Harrison Bader easily took second and those are the type of things if you're going to be playing right field you got to play it fundamentally because you're going to be sucky on the other things like on the reads and catching the ball in the in the gap and things like that so you got to make up all the all the mistakes you make by doing all the things right fundamentally and so I'm good with Gavin Sheets being a depth piece in AAA being a guy strictly off the bench Never starting. Maybe runs into one off the bench. Other than that, seeing him play, to me, is confusing unless Oscar Colas is hurt. Which we, we don't we think We should be is. playing Oscar Colas every day. Well, there's, well, there's no reason Oscar Colas shouldn't be playing right field every day. Vinny Duber talked to the guy who probably made that decision not to start. 
Gavin Sheets. So why don't we uh, take a break and then we'll welcome him in. And we'll talk a little bit about why Oscar Colas didn't play and why Gavin Sheets did. Or maybe Pedro Grafal didn't even answer it. Maybe he wasn't asked. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to ask Vinny Duber. I mean, it's a 7-1 game in August 8th and White Sox are way out of it. I, I would, Pedro, how you feeling? I would be definitely surprised if anybody asked that question. Uh, we got to flush it. Because that's, that's a me question. That's the only one who wants to know about that is me. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, nice little tease there. Heard way to keep people around for the Gavin Sheets uh, uh, buildup. Like, oh, God, I can't wait till this commercial's over. Um, we do have the uh, Crosstown Classic coming up uh, on August 16th at Wrigley Field. And our friends over at Hooters presented the Crosstown Classic coverage last time. And they're continuing uh, their coverage. And we're very excited to let you know about Hooters. At Hooters, it's always easy to pick a winner. Step up to the plate for their world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, and more. Their drinks are winners. They got tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day, every day. It's your spot to catch all the games this season. You can check out their seafood specials, too. You can get uh, $19.83. Uh, $19.83. Uh, cents for a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters is celebrating 40 years in business all year long in honor of the anniversary. On the 4th of every month, Hooters will be hosting a throwback event bringing the 80s back with 83 cent wings and other three and other great specials. Next one is on September 4th. They got 11 Chicagoland locations. Visit originalhooters.com for more info. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Factor Meal Kits if you're looking to stay active and involved in the the community and hang out um you know and enjoy that summer weather before it gets all cold uh in chicago you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals to support sunny active days factors america's number one ready to eat meal kit and they can help you fuel fuel up fast with flavorful nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door herb you know what my least favorite question is what is it when i'm putting together the grocery list my partner's like what do you want for breakfast what do you want for lunch what do you want for dinner? I don't know. And you know what uh, Factor does? Takes all the guesswork out of there. Takes all the guesswork out of there. And they make it easy. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well, with Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat up and enjoy, and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather and they got a ton of options for you as well uh they have keto to calorie smart vegan plus veggie and protein plus so you can make sure that you are getting what you like to eat so head to factormeals.com slash chgo socks 50 and use code chgo socks 50 to get 50 percent off that's code chgo socks 50 at factormeals.com slash chgo socks 50 to get 50 percent off for your factor meal kit shout out to factor Let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field to Vin Duber. Hi, Vinny. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. He's got a brand new post up at All CHGO recapping the whole Keenan Middleton stuff that was going on and all the uh, clubhouse culture fallout that was going uh, on. So you can catch up with that uh, at allchgo.com. Hi, Vin. Hi, guys. How are you? How are you on this Tukey Tuesday? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm glad to get a little chuckle out of that one. We're trying that one out. Tookie do, Tuesday, doing too terrific, too terrific. Uh, that was a little. Really that's stretch. less. That's I less. Hated good. myself for that one. Uh, where, where's the yacht rock hat? Where is it? Come on. Oh, it's in the backpack. It's on the other side of the press box. Mm. Did you Sorry. enjoy tonight? I have uh, it. Musical selections. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, yacht rock is a weird thing. It's a genre that has only a 
been invented seemingly within the last few years, but all the music is from like 40, 50 years ago. Yes. It's a lot of it is stuff that I really like. A lot of it is stuff that I don't at all like. It's like, but it's impossible to define. They're playing like ELO out here. Like, I don't think that's mm. Yacht Rock, but then, you know, you've got all the Doobie Brothers. Is that, I mean, that's Yacht yes. Rock, I guess. Like it's, it's very hard to pin down. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that I am, the world's number one yacht rock fan, uh, but I, I, I like. I was happy with plenty of the songs that were played tonight. We got an extended version of the Lido Shuffle by Moz uh, mm. uh, Skaggs, which mm-hmm. of course was the song that they would play a little bit of every time that Lucas Giolito got a strikeout. And it's, uh, you know, I was wondering if there was going to be like a tribute video or something because uh, <laughs> we got to hear the, the Lido Shuffle. And hey, uh, Lucas is pitching right now, too. So it's very fitting uh, that they're playing uh, uh, the Lido Shuffle somewhere. And somewhere Lucas Giolito was in a stadium. Maybe they're also playing at the same time. Uh, Steely Dan, Yacht Rock or no? I mean, I guess. That's the thing. It's it's so... I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, Yacht Rock is a weird one for me because I don't know what to say about it because I cannot define it. It's just very bizarre. It seems like it's just like, oh, music that's kind of soft that old people might like. I don't, it's not helpful. The song, I think, is quintessential, like Baby Come Back from Player. That was played. And it, oh, yeah. Beautiful. That, that area. Like, if if it's mellow, smooth, kind of like that. I feel like, I feel like the Pina Colada song is probably Yacht Rock. God, I hate that song, too. Yeah. And that's a bad song. Oh, it's a terrible song. it's all very weird. I feel like I feel like um, Michael McDonald, Doobie yes. Brothers, is Yacht Rock, but maybe pre-Michael McDonald, Doobie Brothers. So, in other words, the good Doobie Brothers oh, is probably see? not Yacht Rock. <laughs> see, I told you. <laughs> Somebody asked, do you were a Doobie? I was like, no, he likes the pre-McDonald Doobie Brothers. And I was like, I'm the opposite. I like the Mc- Michael McDonald where he made Doobie Brothers actually great. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what a Fubilis. Yeah, Joe R. throwing Jerry Rafferty in there. Any uh, down the line or anything like that today? I, I, again, did you not playing, keep a log of all those songs? I, did not, I was not keeping a log, no. You're Just supposed to, to report, Vinny. Just before we go I'm to sorry. more uh, White Sox stuff, Lucas Giolito did pitch today. Six innings, three, inning, three earned, uh, seven strikeouts. He's out of the game with the lead. They're leading five to three over the San Francisco Giants in the seventh. About as, uh, you know, best uh, outings yet for the Angels. So uh, good to see. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I vibe with Yacht Rock because, uh, again, I don't own a yacht. Do you own a yacht? Not yet. Vinny, a yacht owner? Absolutely not. Never yeah, so will. Wait. Even if I have enough money to, not going to do it. Oh, uh, maybe I'll buy a dinghy, but I'm not buying a yacht. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting all messed up in, you know, this yard football field lengths of boat. That just seems like a, a an issue, uh, an insurance issue that I, you know, headache. Uh, anyways, Vinny, uh, let's jump into the fun stuff. Luis Robert hit his 31st home run of the season, and now it just seems like how how much how many can he hit? You know, I mean, I, I think the franchise record for a season is uh, a 48. Uh, by Albert Bell in either 98 or 97. Um, that seems like a little bit too out of reach, but do we want to put a cap on him? I mean, can Luis Robert hit 17 more homers uh, in August and September? Uh, Vinny, why don't you start off? Well, 17 is a lot, so I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's realistic. But we did talk to him after the game today, and you know, he's one of those guys who, and this is no surprise given the uh, Jose Abreu. 
tutelage, uh, who has always kind of said, yeah, okay, fine numbers. Yeah, I'm putting up good numbers, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I care about the team winning, that kind of thing. Um, but he said, you know, that the numbers are not meaningless to him, that he's happy that they're, he's putting them up. Uh, he was asked about becoming just the second uh, White Sox ever to do 30 homers, 30 doubles, and 20 steals, because he's just a handful of steals away from that. And he said, yeah, that'd be nice, but I'd like 30 steals. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's go- don't think he's going to get there if we're, if we're talking about real uh, realistic numbers there as well. But uh, this is a guy who is uh, aware of the numbers that he's putting up. And I think more so though, it's the way he's playing the way that he is um, staying healthy. That's his number one. That was his number one goal for the year. And he has done it. He says he wants to play uh, over 150 games. He's just, you know, he, he's finally healthy full year of being healthy, feeling good and playing good. Uh, it, it certainly seems like this is the Luis Robert Jr. that we were always waiting to see. Um, and it should be no surprise that when his body allows him to do it, he's doing it. So um, this is a guy uh, who, who is having a very, very good season. He's going to finish quite highly in the American League MVP vote, I would imagine, toward the end of the season. Uh, and uh, he, we'll, see, we'll see how high he can go in some of those stat categories. And we saw Yasmani Grandal leave the game today. Is there any update on what his status is? Day to day, according to Pedro, he just had a uh, his leg started tightening him up, or his one leg, I guess, started tightening him up, stiffening up on him, and uh, they, they didn't want to play him anymore and risk him getting uh, injured any further. So uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow and in the in the days after that. Yeah, I mean, was there any talk, I mean, before we get back to Luis Robert, was there any talk about the lineup? Because we kind of talked about Elvis Andrews possibly getting DFA'd after the trade deadline, because what's the point of playing, you know, that old of a player uh, when, you know, you're looking forward to 2024? Same with Grandal. We know Zavala's now on the IL. Um, and then um, Gavin Sheets, too. Um, you know, why not Colos uh, getting playing time? Uh, was there any talk from Pedro, either pre or post game, about the decision to play? Andrews and, and Sheets in this game? No, not specifically. I mean, the players he picked, he's usually a guy that likes matchups. Um, to answer some of that stuff, I mean, the, the point uh, that you asked me about last night with Benintendi, I asked him about today, um, and he said that uh, he tried him out in that five spot, and after a few days he was like, yeah, no, this is not the way to go. He, he prefers having Andrew play in that number two hole where he thinks he's best suited. So it was only three days. We thought we were going to see that kind of solid one through uh, five for a while for the White Sox, but it ended up only being three days. Um, in terms of Colas uh, and, and Sheets, Herb, I heard your the end of your conversation here before I got on there, mm-hmm. and I totally get the idea of um, hey, develop, try to develop this guy, right? He's a guy that's going to be part of your future. He's a guy that was supposed to be part of your present. You made him the, uh, the opening day right fielder. Uh, or, and, and uh, you know, as far back as last November, he was being talked about as being the new everyday right fielder. Um, but I don't know, Herb, if you've looked at the numbers that Oscar Colas has put up since he came back from the minor leagues, they are awful. Um, they are just as bad as they were in that first month when he struggled mightily, um, here up at the major league level, he went down to the minors, had some great success in terms of the, the numbers he was putting up down at AAA. And since he's come back, uh, it has been more of what the White Sox saw from him in April, not to mention repeated mistakes in right field in which Pedro Grifol has, has basically called him out for it. Uh, to us. I mean, we, we've heard that that's not something that Pedro likes to do to bring up, 
you know, uh, things that he doesn't like about what his players are doing to reporters, to the media. He has repeatedly brought up how there is a lack of focus that he is seeing from Oscar Colas. So um, people who uh, want to see uh, the young guys get, get the run have to, and, and people who have been complaining all year about a lack of accountability have to, you know, they have to live by both those. They have to, they have to live by what they've said before. This would seem to be some accountability. Hey, you're not doing anything to help us win. And in fact, you're doing stuff to help us lose. Now, Pedro didn't say any of that. You know what I mean? That's, that's me connecting dots. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pedro did not say any of, uh, you know, Hey, we've benched Oscar Colas or anything like that. He just hadn't played the last couple of days. Um, And that could be described as a matchups thing, right? I mean, maybe Pedro is, is seeing matchups and that's what he wants, but we have, watched Oscar Colas play and we have watched him fail pretty dramatically over the last, uh, what month and a half. And then we have seen, um, Pedro talk about what he has not liked about what Oscar Colas has, has shown. Um, and, and that's not just in terms of, Oh, uh, you know, he's something that he's doing at the plate or something like that. It's, Hey, he's not focusing out there and he's not giving us the, the mindset that we need him to give us. So, um, if the idea is it's all a learning experience for Oscar Colas, well, you got to learn to, to, to focus and do some of those other stuff too. And that's, what's going to keep you in a major league lineup. Is he like the only one that, or one of the only ones that Pedro's calling out to you guys? Cause I would see that as being not, not fair to the guy, like a culture that hasn't been established on that team. And the kid's just doing him and he, yeah, he sucks on the field and he's not good, but he's young. So I, I, I don't know why Pedro's choosing to call him out on, on some of those plays could where, there's other people that can be called out on certain things, and I don't necessarily hear him talking about those players because they're maybe because they're veterans. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that that I'm, uh, you know, that that has sprung to mind for me so quickly because it has been interesting and, and seemingly significant that that is the only player that he has talked about in that fashion to us. Um, you know, doesn't mean that he hasn't said certain guys made a mistake or made a bad play or something like that. But to hear that repeatedly and hear it about that that one attribute, right, that he's not focused, that his mind isn't in the game, that kind of thing, that certainly has been unique to Colas. Um, but what I can say is that he, being Pedro, has added in those moments he need like we need him to figure this out. We need Colas to figure this out because he is so important to this team moving forward. And so to me that this strikes as a as a method of coaching, as a method of teaching. Hey, we're going to, uh, you know, maybe for lack of a better term, ride you pretty hard. Right. Because we think that you have to get better and you have to understand this if you're going to help us win in the future. So. We'll see. Um, he he makes a ton of bad plays in right field. Uh, you know what I mean? And and if that is, or he has made, I should say, and if that is something that, you know, you're trying to eliminate, you got to get through to a guy somehow, this might be the way to do it. But again, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm connecting dots. I'm telling you what, what I think from what I've heard Pedro say and what I've seen Colas do. Um, and Listen, they've got two months to teach, right? They've got two months to coach um, to try and get everybody where they want them to be going into the offseason and ready for next season because this season is, is is gone already. And so that's why you, Herb, and and plenty of others are saying play him every day, right? Well, you, you have to develop him. you got to get him going. And there's definitely something to that. But it, it's on these, – these are the guys who's, who have been tasked with, with doing that development. And if they think that this is a way to get through to him, to get to the coaching, to get their coaching done – there you go. We'll see. Um, 
we did see uh, a little bit of coaching from Pedro back in, you know, late April with this Luis Roberts stuff where, you know, there was the quote-unquote benching, for the lack of a better term. Um, and since then, Luis Robert has been the best player, or one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Uh, since May 2nd, uh, he now has 26 home runs, an OPS higher than 960. Mm. Um, he is one of five players with a war higher than four, uh, F-war higher than four since that date. Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Luis Robert Jr. Uh, Shohei Otani's war does not include his pitching stats because he's stupid. Um, and you also mentioned the uh, Luis Robert Jr. thing where he was uh, you know, excited about uh, closing in on 30-30 and 20. Uh, and, hey, maybe he could do 30-30 and 30. Uh, the only other player that has done that in White Sox history, Maglio Ordonez, back in 2001, 31 homers, 40 doubles, and 25 stolen bases. Right now, Roberts at 14 stolen bases, needs six more to get there. And then finally, 40 home run seasons. 12 White Sox have hit 40 home runs in a season. You guys want to play a little game here? He's, he's are, nine away. I mean, well, I'm, 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 I just did this the other day. I tweeted oh, this out that, because I think it was, it was impressive <laughs> to me. Let's see if I can remember the tweet. I believe it was a 14-year span. The White Sox went all but two years without uh, or with guys who hit at least 38 home runs in a season. And then in the following 17, there were only three. I believe that's correct. I believe that's what I tweeted out. Sean, I see you're looking it up. But um, it was just me doing some random uh, uh, baseball reference digging, probably based on some sort of immaculate grid question. And, uh, and that's, uh, and that's what, I, what I saw. And I thought it was pretty interesting, not only speaking to the fact that they had guys who were belting them like crazy there for so long, but that over the last decade and a half, we'll call it, um, things have kind of fallen off in that department. Okay, now I gotta find this. Right. Um, I definitely know Todd Frazier. Yeah, Todd Frazier, 2016. The first um, one, first one off the board. Jermaine Die. Yes, 2006. Oh, I, I, so uh, random. This is Vinny's tweet. Random baseball reference exploring the morning yields that in the 14 year span, Sox only went three seasons without someone hitting at least 38 home runs from '93 to 2006, right? And then, uh, then from uh, '07 to 2023. Or to 2022, there was only three. Yep. Okay, so uh, there's the, the tweet there. But, the, yeah, so J- J.D. was one of them. Yeah. Um, Albert Bell, of course. Yes. The, the lead. 49 in, in, in 98. Um, I'm going to guess Ron Kittle. No. No, he only had 35. All, all of them are, are post, per- post 90. Okay. These uh, are 40 homer seasons, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Oeo Maglio? Yes. No. No, no. Yes. Mags was thirty-eight in two thousand two. Uh, Carlos Lee, no. Jesus, no. Herb, how about ba- how about Frank Thomas? This. I already picked. I he, the first guy I said is Frank Thomas. Okay, Frank Thomas had five of them. So, yeah. yeah, or six of them. You didn't say Frank Thomas. The I first the, like, said like right when he answered. <laughs> no, no. Right when he first did this, and before you answered, I said Frank Thomas because yeah, that was. I just said, let's get off the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul Canerco. There you go. Uh, Canerco, Albert Bell, Jermaine Die. Uh, one, two. One, two, one, one is left. We got four left. I oh. thought you said nine, right? Or is it nine times? Oh, I'm gonna go with thing. Joe and say Adam Dunn hit it one time. Ad, Adam Dunn did 41 in, in 2012. There's, I think there's one more that we have. We not said. say Jim Tomey. Did Jim Tomey from 42 in 2006? So I think we got Bell, JD. Mm-hmm. That was you said JD. Yep. Frank six times. Uh, Paulie, Todd, Adam. Yeah, that's all of them. 
Uh, so at least Robert Jr. trying to to what's the face for? I, I'm trying to I'm struggling to figure out how the math works. I thought you said it was done nine times by nine guys, and I think that was six or seven that you read. Okay. <laughs> Frank Thomas in 1995. Frank Thomas in oh, 1996. That's why you're counting Frank Thomas multiple times. I got you. Frank Thomas in 1993. Yes. Frank Thomas in 2003. Okay. Frank Thomas in 2000. Okay. So that's the tr- that's he's he had six of the twelve. Or gotcha. five of the twelve. Five of the twelve. So and then Canerco right. twice, Todd Frazier, Adam Dunn, Jim Tomey, Jermaine Dye, Adam Bell, er, Albert Bell, Bell. And then hey, Luis Robert Jr. in twenty twenty or in twenty twenty three. Only nine I think more. he gets there. Only nine more. It seems hey. I think he, he can he get there. I think he do it in August. I think he's on eh, he's on the pace for that. And the teams in September are not that great, so it can feast on some bums. You gave me a face right there. I mean, he could hit nine more homers in like he can. 20 more games. It's hard, though. Well, just It look, is hard, but he's pace. very good at baseball. I'm just saying look at the pace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I, he's probably going to get to 40 before the season's over, and that will be uh, a remarkable achievement. And oh. the thing is, he's not a home run hitter necessarily. He's just a he's just a powerful guy. And he doesn't swing that hard. He just, you know, he has a smooth swing, and the ball just carries off his bat. So he's kind of, in that essence, like Frank Thomas, who wasn't a power hitter. He was just a good hitter that happened to be strong. Yeah, just happened to be 6'5 and, like, you know, yeah. 300 pounds. Exactly. It just was a massive anchor right there. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this uh you know, maybe 2024 roster and what it may look like. Want to let you know, though, about Goose Island Beer Company. Herb, what you drinking? A 312 from our folks at Goose Island. There you go. CHO supported by Goose Island Beer Company. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster includes the Goose Island IPA, the Tropical Beer Hug, and the Beer Hug IPA Series, the 312 Wheat Ale, which Herb is drinking, and the Full Pocket Pills. And we got the uh, Crosstown Classic that we brought up uh, coming up on August 16th. Uh, you can grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clyburn Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton, Town, or Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, and uh, they'll be presenting uh, the Crosstown event that we'll have on uh, August 16th. So we're very excited to be hanging out with Goose Beer, uh, Goose Island Beer Company uh, on the 6th. And make sure you could head over to allchgo.com and uh, buy some tickets to hang out with us uh, there as well. And get the, the uh, uh, Goose Island Summertime Shandy uh, variety pack, too. Mm. Delicious. Well, we got the lemon. The lemon. I think uh, grapefruit. And a tangerine one, right? Yeah. Is, uh, uh, yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't get into cranberry. Water, cranberry. Oh, no. Strawberry lemonade. Oh, delicious. I'm you make it stuff up. And the other one is is uh, grapefruit. Okay. Well, then you could try a shandy as well. Shout out to Goose Island. Uh, also, want to let you know about our friends over at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear belts to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, until they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off 
two plus pairs of polarized shades. And if you aren't a diehard yet, what are you waiting for? Uh, if you are new here, uh, we are CHGO. We got live podcasts for you each and every single day. We got Vinny Duber, who's our beat writer, posting articles to allchgo.com. We have you covered our diehards. And if you are a diehard White Sox fan, if you're a diehard Bears fan, if you're a diehard Blackhawks fan, if you're a diehard Chicago fan, we will have coverage for you for every single team five days a week. And we got some fun events like the Crosstown event coming up on the 16th and the CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill, August 25th at 9 a.m. Ticket includes 18 holes with a cart, an exclusive pins and aces uh, and CHGO golf towel for all players, uh, hole contest, giveaways and prizes, and lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. And there is a diehard discount as well. So if you are a diehard or if you want to sign up, go to allchgo.com. You get a free me- uh, free shirt when you become a member, and you get access to our members-only Discord. We call that the CHGO Lounge. And again, you get 20% off events uh, like the kickoff classic or the crosstown event that is coming up so uh make sure that you are uh supporting chgo if you uh love what we got going on uh and joe said he loves the shader ace so shout out to joe make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button i feel like i manifested uh the 24th like there uh by saying that so uh shout out to whoever just liked the uh, home run uh let's go to the kind of craziness that we didn't get to with the trade deadline um we heard a little bit about this coming out um in December from Ken Rosenthal, uh, Salvador Perez is close with White Sox manager, Pedro Grafal, his former catching instructor and bench coach with the Royals. So, uh, so close. It stands to reason that the White Sox might at least think about trading, uh, or asking for Perez in a trade. And then weirdly enough, uh, at the trade deadline, Joel Sherman said Royals entertained offers for sale. Perez, not completely dead, but very unlikely he is moved. Marlins had interest. So did non-contending White Sox owing to relationship with manager Pedro Grafal and team control through 2025 with a 2026 team option. And then uh, Bob Nightingale also said the Chicago White Sox and Kansas City Royals were engaged in serious trade discussions for Royals all-star catcher Sal Perez on trade deadline day before the White Sox simply weren't willing to give up the prospects the Royals sought. We've heard about this from Rick Hahn before, that you're always trying to get the price of a player. And then in the offseason when maybe it comes down or maybe they've you know, come off a little bit, uh, that's when you strike. So we see the uh, talk about culture here. We obviously Pedro, see Pedro Grafal installed, and one of the first things that he wanted, or at least the, the White Sox wanted, uh, was to bring in Andrew Benatendi, someone who uh, Pedro Grafal was familiar with. Um, do, do we expect the White Sox to go knocking on the Royals' door again to see about Sal Perez because Yasmina Grandal's contract's coming up? Uh, Sebi Zavala is kind of just a quad A catcher. catcher. Same with uh, Sal Perez, or uh, same with uh, Carlos Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, there is Corey Lee and Edgar Caro in the system, but uh, what do we make of Sal Perez, future White Sox catcher? I mean, I think you could do worse, but also this is a form, this is a White Sox thing. Like Kenny Williams, the whole thing is like he'll always get this guy. This is Rick Hahn always getting this guy. I mean, we saw in 2020, he tried to do this with Lance Lynn. Later on that year and the offseason, he got Lance Lynn eventually after that. Um, we know he's been chasing or wanted Andrew Benintendi for a long time, for seven years. Finally got him in this offseason. And so, you know, if Pedro wants to establish culture and they've already shown interest in Salvador Perez, to me it seems like fait accompli, they're going to have Salvador Perez this offseason for multiple reasons because Corey Lee – I don't know how ready he is, but going into next season, if you're going to be competing, it's going to be tough to have a guy you're depending on that you don't know is going to 
what he's going to do. And then you look at the free agent market for catchers. No, sir. Terrible. Um, the only thing <laughs> that would be holding the White Sox back from getting Salvador Perez besides, you know, giving up of prospects is his $20 million price tag that goes along with him for this year and $22 million that goes along with him for the year after that. But otherwise, he's a guy that is a no-nonsense guy, usually hits for power and hits uh, above average. This year, he's below average in both power and – or in both uh, hitting and fielding. So I don't know if you – have a market improvement at the catcher position, you'll have more home runs. But I don't know if it's going to be leading you from, you know, the under 23 games there right now to somewhere close to 500 or above. But, hey, as I always say, it can't hurt. It might help. A veteran like that is well-respected. I think he's been to eight or nine all-star games. He's fine. But I would look for others to supplement the roster instead of Salvador Perez because – no, I mean, getting the whole Royals team over here, I'm good. They're the team that's the only team in the division that's worse than us, and we're just picking all the damn players and coaches. I mean, it would seem to me, just from the you know the sheer notion of this, uh, it would seem to me that there are a lot of positives to, to bringing him over here. The relationship with the manager, a guy who he can put in that clubhouse, a guy who, you know, is, is uh, uh, a Latino, like some of the other important players on this team are, um, to install that sort of role model who can very clearly communicate exactly what his manager wants his uh, his the, his teammates to do. Um, that would seem to be a huge positive. But this is the kind of thing you describe from someone you bring in as a backup catcher on a on a very inexpensive deal. Um, this is somebody that you would describe as, you know acquiring Elvis Andrews in the middle of last season and saying, oh, he'll be a good influence on some of these guys because you acquired him for nothing or just a, a small amount of money, right? Um, this is not something that you give up, you know, uh, player capital to get uh, and then pay $40 million to over the course of two seasons um, if he's not going to be producing at an all-star level again. So um, if you're telling me that he's going to, be an all-star catcher again well then yeah that's a huge upgrade for the white Sox. but if you're saying they're going to bring him in to be a bridge guy while lee and caro develop in the minors that's pretty expensive uh and a, and a pretty you would be giving up a lot to acquire that type of player um so i think there are a lot of positives to having him as part of this organization um and a lot of them are behind those clubhouse doors as opposed to out here on the field but I mean, this is a team where we're trying to uh, wait and see if they're going to spend big money uh, on, on, on top name players. And while, listen, Salvi Perez is has long been one of the best catchers in baseball offensively and is probably one of the five best players in the history of the franchise that he currently plays for, um, he is aging. And, and aging catchers, you like I said, you usually bring them in as backups uh, on, on cheap deals to give a division rival prospects and then to commit that much money to him when you have a lot of other areas that you need to address with said money. Um, it doesn't it doesn't seem to line up uh, too perfect. But, um, you know, I'll just say, Herb, you know, you said uh, 
this would be an example of, of the White Sox getting their guy again. Well, the guy, it would seem to be an example of Pedro Grafal getting his guy, right? Getting one of the players he's had the closest relationship with. And to be fair, Pedro is the guy that's tasked with, with, you know, turning this ship around in the right direction uh, inside the clubhouse and on the field. So um, if he thinks that there's something that we're not seeing that is worth that cost, uh, we'll see. But yeah, it would seem to me that the cost is, would be pretty high. Giving up prospects, you'd likely have to take on the contract too, or a large majority yeah. of it. And you have Yasmani Grandal, who was one of the largest free agent signings uh, before uh, uh, coming or when, when he was signed uh, back in 2020. Um, you know, I mean, Perez is going to be making more than him next year. Like, I mean, he was signed to 482. Um, like, that would be one of the largest contracts that they ever paid from a year to year basis. Mm-hmm. Very surprising for them to pick that up from a division rival, giving them prospects, taking on, giving them salary relief. It just seems messy. Uh, and again, uh, he also might be bad. He's 33 and has been catching. Uh, catchers, just like running backs, usually don't get better with age. Um, they're the opposite of wine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say eh, let's pass on that. If they're willing to take on, you know, 70 million of it, then, hey, maybe, <laughs> you know. Well, if, and, if and, want- and also... Well, well, then I, and well, I would what I would say too is, what real incentive do the Royals have to get rid of him? I mean, this is a franchise icon. This is you know, this is the this is the White Sox trading away Paul Canerco just for the hell of it kind of thing. You know, it, it doesn't seem well, to me like there might be uh, really anything going on 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 either side. I, I get that too, but I mean, hey, you're going to give us prospects and you're going to take away all this money for a 33 year old catcher. I, I feel like we're, they'd be like, sign me up. I get your point because, you know, I mean, he's an easy all-star representative if there's not a clear winner um, just because he's got the cachet, but I don't know. The only way or reason I'm saying maybe is because the White Sox don't have a clear cut catcher for next year. And so I would say my more, um, the move I would do if I was Recon Kenny Williams would go up to Toronto and ask them for one of their backup their catchers because you know Jansen and Kirk are still splitting time. I know Kirk is not as good as he was last year, but he's still a good catcher. Better and than that, Sal Perez, exactly. And so you know you would have to give up a prospect, a pretty good prospect, to get either one of those guys off of that roster. That's the the move I would go for. Not necessarily the Blue Jays, but there's some other team with a young catcher that's not playing because the the veteran catcher is doing well and gets paid a little bit more. So that's the type of move that I would see the White Sox doing instead of going and getting Salvador Perez and paying all that money for a product that you don't know you're going to get. Well, and if you want a leader, I mean, Jan Gomes is a lot cheaper. I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, hey, he might give you the same production. Yeah. I mean, Jan Gomes is, a, a, I think, a similar. He's like 37. Yeah, I know, but hey. Uh, he's he not in a good he spot. Is, he's got a higher OPS than, than Salvi Perez. Let's I'm, go. <laughs> it's 96. <laughs> Six points better. I mean, I... Uh, Whatever. World Series 2024. <laughs> um, we'll obviously have a lot more time to talk about this. I, I did see Pedro Grafal called this the uh, uh, a very important two months for setting uh, the culture and kind of setting uh, what this this team is looking forward to in 2024. So we'll see. Uh, maybe it's Salvador Perez. Maybe it's Luis Robert Jr. just hitting 60 homers. That'd be, 
I'd be interested with both. I mean, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens with the White Sox. Uh, follow Vinny Duber on Twitter. He'll keep you up to date with all of the news that happens with the White Sox. He will be there tomorrow uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field covering Game 3, the final uh, game of this Yankee series. So make sure, you, again, you follow him there at Vinny Duber, and you can read his work at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow the show on Twitter at chgo underscore White Sox, and you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us, and make sure you hit that thumbs up button uh hey maybe we'll see f- even our, uh, our friend james mccann uh coming up you never know i mean catch- bring him back bring lucas back catcher too. is such a deep position uh we'll see you later bye